0: Welcome to a JoyCast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our JoyCasts.
1: Via pod on Joy and via podcast at joy.org.au forward slash pod.
0: Uh, you're an escape pod on Joy 94.9. Uh, today's guest is Megan Smith, who is a, a joy person, uh, an announcer, a, a celebutante, um, all those words. Um, uh, <laughs> <Mark>. Megan, welcome.
1: <laughs> Thank you so welcome much, Welcome to Mark. Escape Pod. Thank you. I, I have actually joined the escape pod for today. That is so yes. Standing in for others. But yes, you are right. I am a fellow joyster. Yeah. And I'm going to give my own show a bit of a plug, actually. Plug away. Plug away. Plug away. Yep. So I actually uh, co-host Transpositions here at Joy 94.9, Tuesday nights at 8 o'clock. So if you are listening right now... Put it in your diary. Put it in your diary. Make sure that you do listen to Transpositions. On Joy at 8 o'clock every Tuesday night where we talk about transgender-related things, which is one of the reasons why you've brought me in today.
0: Correct. Um Today's show is about travelling as a trans person Hmm. Um, and um, one of the things we'll talk about is misgendering uh, and wording around trans people and I think that's a really important thing to to have. And later on we'll talk about uh, what it's like to travel overseas with a passport and uh, uh, gender-related issues. Firstly... Who are you? Let's hear all about <laughs> oh, wow. who you are and why, what brought you into this seat today.
1: Okay, so my name is, I was say, yeah, as we said, my name is Meekin, and uh, I am obviously a co host here uh, at Joy 94.9 on, on transpositions, as I said earlier. I think what brought me into. Being here was, I was actually assigned male at birth, mm-hmm. uh, and I transitioned from male to female about two and a half years, three years ago, right. um, when I came out and said, look, I can't do this anymore, and um, yeah, I, I used to look quite different to how I look right now. Um, But for me... uh, But then one thing is
0: you're the person you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah, ultimately I think I just am who I am. Hmm. Uh, And it's just like it's been a long process for any sort of trans person.
0: Well, it's a lifelong thing, isn't it?
1: It is a lifelong thing. It's the same as when someone comes out as being gay or lesbian or bi or or whatnot. It is that acceptance of yourself and it is something that you can't control. Uh, you do try and block it and and sort of you know put it out of the back of your mind and compartmentalise different parts of your life. But fundamentally, it gets to a point when you just can't do it anymore but life still continues life still has to go on you have to manage different aspects of your life being um, someone who's come out as being trans and transitioning as well as live work family relationships and those kinds of things as well
0: yeah, and it's a big complex life-consuming issue and transitioning isn't an overnight
1: thing. No, it's not. It's actually quite a long process yeah. and for many trans people... Would you like to
0: talk about your experience?
1: Well, my experience, look, and, and this is probably what we're going to talk about probably a little bit later on today, is mm. my experiences, my day job as I was transitioning, I still had to travel for my day job, work. Um, and there was domestic flights uh, throughout Australia. And so trying to manage that itself was interesting. And what's common with a lot of stories for trans people is some of the medical services that trans people need to have or or choose to have is probably the most appropriate way of putting it, Uh, some of the treatments uh, are better overseas. So there is a need for a trans person to travel overseas, whether for medical services, whether it be for business, or even whether it just be holidays as well, family. Holiday. Yeah, exactly. Exploring. So there's a raft of... Going to
0: um, Eurovision.
1: Oh my god! No. Actually, Mark, funny you should say that. I so want to go to Eurovision. I, I will take a sponsorship for someone to send me to Eurovision.
0: Well, you'd be fighting for jo- with Joe and Russ. Actually, all three of you should go together. And because I'm not a Eurovision fan, i oh, really. I love watching people watching eurovision yeah like i like watching people go nuts about eurovision but eurovision is just oh, nothing to me it's it's dead I, in my eyes i
1: really like it you know i've got watching people love it but people go nuts <laughs> people go nuts i've watched it a couple of times so i thought oh my god this is great yeah personally about it when i was a child um uh with abba yeah like,
0: well yeah perfect
1: i'm like i'm i'm not that young <laughs> um but yeah like yeah but you yeah. know I, I would happily go to Eurovision. But to sort of bring it back to what we we're talking about, um, because we weren't going sidetracked, um, there is a need for trans people to travel. We are human beings, people just like everyone else. Correct. We have to get on with living life, and we do have to go places. So planes, they, trains, and automobiles. Planes, trains, and automobiles. So being able to manage different aspects of your life about being trans and travelling, going through security, jumping on planes, passports issues, and, and those kinds of things, they are a big... they be they are a big component and it's also something a lot of trans people are quite sort of mm, you know a bit anxious about uh what's a problem with a lot of trans people is uh, a degree of mental health issues because correct. they are trans with you know with and you know a consequence is uh depression anxiety correct so being able to manage some mental health issues which some people have and i'll put my hand up and say yes i suffer from depression and anxiety i'm not i'm not ashamed of that me too um
0: Very common in our community. It
1: is very common. And a lot of it is actually due, not necessarily from being trans itself, but it's from the repression of your identity. It's a lot from the stigma which comes along with being trans.
0: Lack of visibility.
1: Lack of visibility. And And visibility
0: matters. And that's why we're here on Joy 94.9.
1: What's really interesting as well for, for trans people, and this is also going to relate to travel as well, is we go through this period where we do, you know, physically you're starting to look different. And there is there is mm. a time when you don't look distinctly male and you don't look distinctly female, so what are you? And it's that sort of time frame when people really are subject to violence and discrimination and those kinds of things which affects the trans community itself, which is really quite unfortunate to see. And That's when it is difficult for trans people to do things such as to travel and whatnot. Myself personally trying to travel um, domestically when I was sort of somewhere in between for my job, (laughs) it was really quite difficult to try and do
0: uh, what kind of we don't need to name employees, but what kind of work do you do uh, for travel? Do you travel for meetings, presentations, uh, yeah, clients, yeah, servicing? Was,
1: yeah, so I was I was travelling for meeting and presentations, actually mm-hmm. doing the look at what our people are doing all over the country, and just understanding from what they what they were doing. So for me. Um, but managing my transition was also managing the workplace transition as well as yeah, being able to get on a plane. Um, and when is it appropriate that my name changes so everything else follows through? Right. When is it appropriate on, say, my ticket? my air ticket, it says Mr. or Miss, or, and those kinds of things. And what was my preference when an airline greeted me with the best of intention as you're boarding the plane? Especially as a business traveller? As a business traveller, they say, oh, good good afternoon, sir, or good morning, sir, or good morning, ma'am, those kinds of things. When is it appropriate? And I I personally had a lot of issues um, with trying to deal with that. Um, So the
0: airlines you were flying, how are they dealing with uh, the fact that they were presented with someone who was boarding the plane? And uh, there was a person going through the transition phase of being a trans person and, and presenting, uh, as you said, uh, somewhat androgynous, I guess, is probably... I think it's
1: probably a way of putting it. Yeah, quite androgynous for a while. It was really... Because quite... it
0: could be quite a while too, can't it, depending on the individual themselves.
1: Yeah. And look, what was also quite interesting as well is when my name change went through, before my name change, I still travelled. Domestically under my old name, and that didn't change because there was a, there was a legal obligation that I did
0: correct, which leads to misgendering
1: that's exactly right, so it was under my old name, and it's also the old Mr, which Dead was the same yeah, it was, mm. yeah, so it's the old pronouns and those kinds of things. so what I did for a while is i, I had my ticket, um my boarding pass, and I'd cross out Mr, I'd just cross it out, and I would board the plane and they'd say, oh they'd, once again. Best of intentions I so, oh, good morning, sir. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that, that I don't really like being called, sir. And it's actually a couple of times when I didn't really get r- really narky. Um, well, not necessarily narky, but just so I said, look, please don't call me that because I'm transgender and I'm transitioning and I don't like being called that. But the problem is.
0: How did people receive that feedback? Were, were most was, people
1: yeah, and so
0: receptive or were, were they confused? Were they uh, were they aware?
1: That, look, they weren't. This, at that stage, for me, it was quite early in the process, so I wasn't overly visibly aware, but there was something going on with okay. my presentation. Um, but it was it was difficult for 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 both parties. I think there was a degree of discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a conversation that I would have um, with the with the air, with the flight crew. Mm. Um, I'd also have a. a through social media itself as well. I had a bit of a sort of a conversation with some of the social media people uh, with this airline uh, on Twitter. Mm. And I then actually got into a dialogue with um, one of the social media representatives at this airline. We started to talk about the issue, which was it was almost like an escalation of going through these, these issues that I had. But it's one of those difficult aspects of being trans and trying to manage how best to work with societal expectation that people have Mm. when you're trying to board a plane or when you're trying to go through security or trying to do these things as well as just just get on with your life and try not let these issues sort of yeah cause you problems so we are talking about travel traveling as a transgender person and what it means um and how you go and do stuff and what happens to you and how you try and Mm. yeah just sort of go about doing what you have to do, also during transition as well as the need to travel, uh, either domestically or also internationally as well.
0: Yeah. Um, And uh, depending on the home country, well, depending on the destination country where you're travelling to, there can Mm. be some uh, pretty significant challenges um, with immigration. And some of the countries that we know of that are um, socially the most conservative, religiously the most conservative, are also the most trans-friendly. For example, Iran. Exactly. A country where uh, homosexuality is punishable by death Mm. and frequently executed. And uh, transitions. Do you know much about um, trans travel and trans relations in Iran, or is that something we're going to have to?
1: No, it's actually really interesting. You Google should
0: say <laughs> the next track's laying.
1: It's really funny. You should. Uh, I was going to say the really. We, we 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 can probably talk about that a little bit. I'm not the world's greatest expert, but I have I have looked at some of the things in Iran specifically with the trans community. But there has been things that I've learned by listening to the worldwide wave. Uh, guys, which are on at 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights, and because we follow straight after them, you sort of listen to what's going on. But Mm. they do quite often talk about uh, transgenderism in Iran, and what happens with a lot of gay men and gay women is the state will actually sponsor and pay for surgery to transition from one gender to another, or to the other gender, I should say. And
0: it's quite sociably acceptable.
1: To an extent. To,
0: uh, when you compare and contrast to homosexuality, which is absolutely repudiated.
1: Yes, exactly. And there's a, I've seen a couple of really good documentaries about it um, which talk about it. There still is a degree of stigmatism where, the, where the person is ostracised from the family. And for a lot of these people, the only work that they do have access to is sex work and those kinds of things. So it is a bit unfortunate, but uh, it's really interesting just looking at how different countries, and Iran is a really interesting place to sort of really get your mind around, because Iran back in the seventies was a totally different country to what it is today. Uh, so for me,
0: absolutely,
1: yeah, it was it was quite a liberal. So it was country. Afghanistan, yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite. Kuwait. Exactly. Very yeah. liberal states, whereas one, the, obviously the religious influence through those places, it's, it's really changed the landscape of those countries, which makes it quite difficult for some people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So what was your first experience as you were going through the process and of transitioning um, as you were travelling? What was, what was the first thing that sticks in your mind?
1: I think really the first thing which sticks in my mind, and we did speak about it before, that was... The, it was the issue with domestic transport and being, uh, really being gendered appropriately. Uh, what I felt comfortable with, or being greeted appropriately th- from the airline partner or the airline company I was travelling with. So for me, that was an issue. That um, was, uh, societally, there's not a lot of tra- well, there's not a lot of trans people out there in society. So for And for an organisation and an airline, for example, to manage this, it's quite a low impact to them. And so in terms of priorities, it'd be quite low. From a volume
0: perspective, Yeah, definitely
1: from a volume perspective, it'd be quite low. But I think really, um, for me, as I was transitioning, was being cognizant of the fact that it's going to take time um, for okay. someone to sort of look at me and say, "Oh, this man or this woman," and then being able to work with that. Um, what was also really important for me was when I was transitioning, is the timing of my name change, the timing of when things happen in terms of my passports and those kinds mm-hmm. of things, because that's kind of a bit of a a major one. Because for trans people, uh, and also for people who are intersex or gender non-conforming, you can actually change the gender marker on your passport, which is really important mm-hmm. when you are going into certain places because that is your official, well, as far as that country is concerned, that is official record of what your gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for people in Australia, there is a, a, a not specified gender marker, which I think is either Norrie, next, wasn't the, was Norrie, the person Norrie. who
0: did the test case about that in yes, New
1: South Wales? So a couple of years, actually, I think it was about... I think it could have been about 2010 or thereabouts. So it's been within the past mm. couple of years that Nori actually did have a court case. I go to the go to the Supreme Court and um, yeah. So therefore, there was a, a they were able to change a gender marker to for being neither male nor female because that's how Nori identifies. Uh, nor- and Nori
0: that's how Nori lives Nori's life.
1: Yeah. Look, I've met Nori, and Nori definitely is. Uh, neither male nor female from just even looking at Nori. Nori's Nori. Correct. Yeah, and I think that's probably the sort of out of politeness. That's probably, I'd use Nori's name as Nori's pronoun because to me this is the most appropriate way. Yeah, yeah. With with due respect, of course. Um, But look, in in terms of changing names um, and changing gender markers, that is a really important part of what we have to do as trans people.
0: Mm. Okay. So uh, going through the process of uh, changing, talk about how... You had to get used to um, using different uh, gender markers for yourself mm. going through this time because it's one of the things I've understood about from the trans people I've spoken to, it's not only about how other people perceive you, it's how you perceive yourself because a lot of these things are muscle memory kind of um, things that you have so drilled down on through your life because you, you feel, um, unlike the gender that you're born with, uh, but you feel like you've forced yourself into saying words and then you're able to use the words that are most natural to you. Is that a fair way of framing that?
1: And you know what? That is so true. It does take a while that you you know intrinsically my gender is female or your gender is male. Um, But... There is an adjustment period when people do start gendering you pr- correctly based upon how you identify it, and then starting getting your mind around, oh, hang on, yeah, that is me. I am female, or I am male, or, or whatnot. Depends mm. on which way you're going. So.
0: Is it a sense of relief when someone just says, yes, ma'am, absolutely, for the first
1: time? Absolutely, yes. What um, does that
0: feel like?
1: It feels really good. <laughs> it feels amazingly good. When you do present. Well, is it a sense of relief?
0: What yes, it
1: it is, and look for a lot of for a lot of different trans people, things happen for different people for different reasons of and of different course. ways. Um, but for me, when people did start generating me correctly, it's just like, wow, this is good. I have to get my mind around it because I'm hearing this for the first time.
0: Did it feel like home?
1: Yeah, it does feel like home. It really hmm. does, and it's a, it is a re- realization that yes, I am at home, which is hmm. a good thing. <laughs> Joy 94.9 is
0: a glb community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Travel needs going overseas, mm. particularly in countries that can be challenging, like India.
1: Exactly. A lot of
0: Asia. Yes, Malaysia is a big issue. Malaysia a big issue. And anywhere uh, where uh, Sharia law or Islam is the primary religion can be very confronting for LBGTI.
1: It can be indeed. Travellers
0: or trans travellers?
1: Yeah, it's actually really funny. Actually, just quickly talking about that and talking about... I just want to quickly talk about Malaysia for an extent. Yeah, sure. Um, I had a friend of mine, uh, and uh, she was she's trans, and um, she was recently, uh, at the start of the year actually, she was offered this position um, uh, working with this company, and a part of her uh, requirements would be to go to many different countries throughout the world, and many of those countries were totally fine with trans people, but one of the countries she had to go to on an almost regular basis was Malaysia. And because of that, she made the call that, no, I can't accept this position. They offered her the role and everything else like that, which was great, but because of the the stance that some countries do have with with LGBTI issues, she had to make the call, no, I can't accept this job.
0: So what are the, the risks for a trans person? I think probably, we talked about Dubai before.
1: Yeah, I think that really wh- when we talk about countries such as Dubai or cities such as Dubai, um, which is part of the U- uh, UAE, from memory, I'm, my geography is normally okay. But you know, t- um, so there are some places like for, for Dubai, for example, if I go to that city, if I was to be arrested per mm. se or whatever, and your
0: passport says F, my so... passport
1: says F for female mm. because I yeah that's who I am. But you know if there's can be some cases where I could be say charged and put in jail for impersonating a woman mm. um yeah
0: you are a woman <laughs> i
1: i i am a woman do you
0: impersonate yourself
1: well yeah <laughs> i do Personate like me because that's who I am.
0: Exactly, exactly. So um, one of the things we were talking about before we uh, went to listen to Eric who was um, about how things changed as you changed through that process. So now that that's happened and um, you've had a few years under your belt. Uh, Being a trans person yes. Um, How have things changed For trans because trans has become a really Big issue in the last three years Coincidentally Um, Orange is the new black um, uh, Caitlyn Jenner um, Some high profile trans people before that um, Chaz Bono Mm. Um, So there have been some very high profile uh, Trans people which has opened up a conversation And brought this to the top of the mind uh, For the general person on the street More than it has been that I've ever noticed. It, what are your experiences? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, look, you know, my my experiences with, with being trans and seeing what's happened in terms of a populist nature, as it is at the moment, has been quite interesting. So... Uh, for me, the whole Caitlyn Jenner thing, for me, when it first sort of broke, I thought, this is really good for our community. There's someone out there who does have a degree of, uh, well, has a really amazing platform that they can utilize, right. yeah, and, yeah. and this amazing degree of privilege, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. Which is what Caitlyn's got, but the the, the issue that a lot of trans people have, and even myself to an extent as well, uh, is that Caitlyn's story as a trans person, is not representative of any other trans person. In fact, she's such a small minority of trans people altogether that her story is quite unrealistic because there's not many trans people getting around who've got $100 million just sitting there at their disposal where Correct. they can fully fund all these amazing surgeries or, whatever, or just their lifestyle. Yeah, other things
0: in lifestyle that go with it, the legal hmm. procedures, having things, being able to set aside by getting someone else to do some things, which a lot of people... Who are transitioning, my understanding is that financial resources are often uh, harder to come by than the general community. It is. What are it, your thoughts on that? It, and
1: that's quite true. Look, quite often trans people are financially marginalised. Um, and and, and you know, there's obviously a degree of ostracization, uh, there's also, and the stigmatism associated with that. There's also issues with regards to employment, housing, and these real world issues which affect trans people, let alone trying to deal with their transition and seek medical help, whether it's overseas or or domestically here in Australia. I know for myself, as a trans person, I've been fortunate where I've been able to have some procedures done overseas, which means I do travel internationally as Megan, which is who I am, which is what my passport says, which is what my birth certificate now says. Um, And my my. Passport has got an F for female, and that's pretty much how I travel. Mm. Um, one thing which is really interesting for trans people when we do travel is you know, issues surrounding, say, uh, body image scanners, uh, for example. So if you are going through security... Of course. I had never thought of that. That's right. So that is an issue for trans people. Now, uh, some trans men, they will wear packers, which is basically a, a prosthesis which they put into the pants which ma- gives the impression of... Genitalia. Genitalia. Uh, some trans men also will bind their chest to reduce the size of the of the breasts that they've got. So when these things are being scanned, it looks quite strange. That, well, what are these things that you've got there? Particularly if you've got something wrapped around your chest, it looks like you've got something to, to hide. hide. Mm. To an extent, it's something you're trying to mask, but really security doesn't look at it that way. No, of course. For trans people as well who who choose or haven't had lower surgery... Once again, you go through those body image scanners, and you get to see that there's something there which
0: which can lead to misgendering.
1: Yeah, which you wouldn't normally see on a woman. So, yeah. once
0: again, that does call into issues. Do you think that going back to the original part of this conversation, do you think that um, the um, fame? that Caitlyn Jenner has and the conversation about her and Orange is the New Black and a few other things has assisted people understand that there might be a trans person and and when they're um, not confronted uh, when they come into contact with a trans person it's no longer a completely foreign or completely vexatious issue it's something that people now have in their head that this can be a thing?
1: One of the things which is important for my community is this idea that trans visibility is important. And, yeah, absolutely is, but um, different trans people do... People transition differently in terms of where right. they start at and where they finish at. So, so for ch- some trans people, they just blend into society. So this idea of, of trans visibility is difficult for some people mm. because some people don't look trans, other people do. And it's, it's, it's hard to sort of say mm. where things sort of work out. And um, it's a
0: process, as you were saying. It, it doesn't it, happen overnight. It
1: is a process. And it's a lot not like Rachel Hunter's hair. No. Painting, drinking, drinking, chin It doesn't happen overnight, trust me. But it will happen. (laughs) It will happen. (laughs) A lot of people, you know, they'd like to transition instantly. It's just having done with. Mm. It doesn't happen. It's a process and it takes time. So you have to be able to manage how things work. And that does involve, when you are travelling, how things work. And, you know, there was... uh, there was a, a little series on YouTube which was produced by a transgender woman by the name of uh, Jen Richards uh, and Angelica Ross. And it's called Her Story. And what it's about is trans women, lesbian women and cisgender women um, just start going about doing their things. And there's a line in there where a female reporter as a character was inter- interviewing a transgender woman And she says, I've never met a a transgender woman before. And the reply back from the transgender woman was, that you know of. And that's the thing. Love it. Yeah, mm, that you know. Really of.
0: interesting thing to say. I was actually watching Horace and Pete. Um, I don't know if you've seen I that. I
1: have seen this and I know where you're going with this. Yeah, the, he this has a one a, night
0: stand with a woman.
1: This is a really good piece and I did mm, see. We'll this. talk about this just I, after the break. I We've think, got a couple yeah. of
0: messages, but this is really good because we also want to talk about trans um, transparent as well.
1: Okay. Because there's
0: been, you know, things have changed mm. and we want to see positive change. And uh, yeah, I don't know if uh, Trump gets in if that's going to be a thing. <laughs> We were talking before about how media has changed, and you were talking about a YouTube um, uh, uh, program called Her Story. We've Her story, also had yes. um, uh, all about Jen um, uh, Jenner. We were talking about that, and also mm. transposition. So trans issues have, in the last few years, quite mushroomed, which has been helpful to a degree. What are your What are your thoughts on that, particularly when it comes to how? You ex- because you travel so frequently for work, mm. how are people looking at trans people
1: differently? Has that changed? Yeah, look, it, it really is quite interesting. A lot of um, a lot of instances, it's made it quite prominent in terms of there's a fair degree of acceptance which is out there. But at the same time, there's people out there who also think that trans people should be murdered, should be killed, shouldn't exist, and those kinds of things, those kinds of, of, of things which get sort of thrown our way. Same as what also happens with uh, uh, with gay people as well. But it is on fortunate that a lot of people do get targeted with that degree of vitriol um, and uh, it's, it is quite unfortunate and no one chooses to be trans, no one chooses to be p- put as being a target to, to this extent. What's really a, a big issue for a lot of trans people and we, we worked off this idea of the transgender tipping point a couple of years ago back in 2014 where this like really started to become prominent. But now the trans community is sort of, sort of facing a bit of a backlash to an extent. And one of the things that we see happening in the countries, such as the United States, which is the religious freedom bills. Um, and oh, yes. for me, as a transgender... Thank you for bringing this yeah, up. So for me, as a transgender, for a woman who happens to be transgender, trying to go to say somewhere like North Carolina...
0: I want the freedom to stop <laughs> your freedom, y'all.
1: Exactly. And for me to use a bathroom, it's like I... Jesus wanted me to hate you. <laughs> exactly. If they went by you know, um what my biological sex was at birth, um, that would be Male and you'd you look at men. You'd say, "No, she doesn't belong in a men's bathroom. She belongs in a female bathroom." You know, you go there, you do your business, you get in, get out. But what was really interesting, what I've seen in different parts of the US, is really muscular, big, burly uh, transgender men going into women's bathrooms with their beards. With their beards going, <laughs> and, and they're guys, stacked. Yeah, these guys are amazing. They're like, "Oh my god, they're so hot as well." You yeah. Know? Um. And you look at these guys and they're going into women's bathrooms and it's like, you know, well, hey, it's what they were assigned at birth. And they clearly don't belong there in the same clearly. way in which I clearly don't belong in a men's bathroom. It, it's just But a, why
0: are people looking at um, what people are doing inside a stall anyway? That's my well, – is don't. that what Jesus wanted? <laughs>
1: It's actually really funny. Look, guys, if you are listening, go to, transpos- go to the Transpositions Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash transpositions on joy. Well, a couple of days ago, we posted a really interesting picture of this woman looking under the door ah. of a bathroom stall, mm. looking up, saying, oh, just checking to see whether you've got a penis or a vagina so, you know, you don't make me feel uncomfortable. And I was just like, you know, hello. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy
0: stuff. Crazy. So, Megan, what are your tips traveling as a trans person?
1: Yeah, look, my biggest tips I really sort of suggest to someone if they are traveling and they are transgender, particularly if they're going overseas, is get your paperwork in order. That is get all your official documentation, uh, all your travel insurance, airline tickets, um, passports, everything done. So it's reflective of as to who you are and how, how, obviously how you look. So if you're female... Uh, a woman who happens to be transgender, make sure your passport's got an F on it, you're presenting as female, you've got your your legal name there, and you shouldn't have an issue. Um, also know your rights when you are going through security and what you should or shouldn't be doing. Uh, That's a really good point. Yeah. Know, know your rights. I wouldn't rights. have thought of that before. Yeah. And also, uh, the biggest tip I can also give as well is know the, of the land, as a country that you're going to, so you are prepared. You know exactly what's going on, how you can sort of plan your way around there, and if you do have an issue, how you can get to an Australian consulate, or if you're not an Australian citizen, how you can get to a consulate of your of your country.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah,
1: it's a really important thing. Just so you can know these things on how to go about yep. doing your things. Um, also, if you've got like a, a social group of friends you're either travelling with, which is great, uh, or if you've got people over there that you know that you're staying with, who can support you, help you understand you're being trans and those things. That's that's all good. What about with accommodation? Accommodation. Look, I've personally myself, I've never had issues, but I always check out my accommodation just to make sure that yeah, there's no issues. Do you no message them
0: beforehand and just say, or do you just?
1: I just show. Mm. I normally sort of go through hotels or through uh, an agency that I'll be with, um, but I don't have much of an issue. Excellent.
0: Well, thank you megan so much for joining us on escape pod today it's been a really interesting show and it's a very important issue to talk about particularly because trans issues at the moment are really high profile and um, sometimes they're wonderful positive inspiring stories that are getting us to a new point of human evolution and sometimes they're about south carolina stopping people from going in toilets there was a story this week about a woman yeah, North, North Carolina, North sorry, Carolina. Yeah. Um, about a woman, um, a, uh, a lesbian woman hmm. who had a slightly masculine look that was being thrown out of a female toilet yeah. as a female. And this is just the ridiculousness of things that we shouldn't have to hear about, know about or, or deal with. Crazy that- stuff. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9.